ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the We Are Podcast and the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I'm Jared Pergar. Corey Geiger has the weekend off. Now, let's get right into the combine. The NFL scouting combine begins March 1st, runs through March 7th. Now, there will be Penn Staters trickled in throughout. There are 324 players invited to the combine. Penn State and Michigan tied for sixth most nationally, uh, as well as Arizona State and Cincinnati, both of those numbers. Now, which of those two is not like the other, Penn State and Arizona State? Obviously, the Sun Devils have been going through a myriad of, of issues off the field with Herm Edwards and his coaching staff. But Penn State, Penn State's results on the field did not necessarily match that they didn't have this many at the combine. The talent is there, sure, yes, but the results in the field and in the standings haven't quite been there. Corey and I have been talking about that for quite some time uh, on this very exact podcast. So with that said, they got six guys there, or I'm sorry, they have eight guys there, and of those eight, only two of them played in the bowl game. Those were Jordan Stout, the punter kicker, um, and defensive end linebacker Jesse Lucetta, both looking to improve their stock. Now, don't get me wrong. Jordan Stout did just that in the Senior Bowl. Uh, went down there, had some booming punts, um, and, and Lucetta went down there and had a monster week uh, at the at the Reese Senior Bowl, and, and that's exactly what Lucetta needed. Lucetta has, had been bouncing around between defensive end and linebacker, and he did a great job this year for the Nittany Lions. Um, I, I mean, that just the job that he did from uh, in both positions I thought was impressive um, to say the least. Now a guy on here that I think is going to turn some heads uh, Penn state players typically test very, very well at the scouting combine uh, Dwight Galt did some phenomenal things while he was at Penn state. Now obviously he's retiring, uh, but the, the proof is in the pudding for the Alliance. Uh, I think Jaquan Brisker safety is going to go in and, and test really well. Tariq Castro Fields. I want to see how Tariq Castro Fields um, really. He just wasn't hasn't been healthy the latter part of his career with the Nittany Lions, and I think you're going to see a healthy Castro Fields. And I think that's going to be huge. I think he could end up being a Nick Scott type player, guy that, that plays on special teams uh, in the NFL. Nick Scott, Super Bowl champion now uh, with the LA Rams. Same thing with Grant Haley. I think Tariq Castro Fields obviously played with those guys uh, in 2016, but also I think. It's one of those situations where he's going to emulate those guys. I think he's going to resemble more of their careers. Now, I'm very excited to see the statistics and what Jahan Dotson does. Jahan Dotson missed the bowl game, rightfully so. He did all he needed to do as a Penn Stater. Now, the NFL is going to see that. The NFL sees what he's going to put up stats-wise, and I think from at both the scouting combine and pro day, I think he's just going to test out off the charts. I think, you know, speed, hands, um, those sorts of things. Route running, I think, is really where he's going to thrive at the combine. I'm not necessarily sure he's going to light the world on fire with his 40 speed. But at the end of the day, he's going to be able to run, and I think he's going to be able to improve his drag stock, I think, to, from the later mid, later first round to the middle, upper part of the first round, uh, in my opinion. Now, a guy that's burst onto the scene for the Nittany Lions this year was defensive end Arnold Ebiketti. Ebiketti comes from te- came from Temple and really, to m- in my opinion, wasn't highly sought after by any means, but the guy just can play. He just flat out was a monster up front for Penn State throughout the season, and I think that is huge. That was huge for the Nittany Lions. John Scott Jr., uh, defensive line coach, he just did everything the Nittany Lions needed him to do. He was disruptive. 
he really, really made an impact for that Penn State defense. It was pretty successful. You know, we can talk all we want about how bad the offense was, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, you got to get the job done. And the defense, uh, defensive side of the football did that week in, week out, and Ebiketti was a big part of it. He was very disruptive up the middle uh, for the Indian Lions. He was just a great player um, in containing the run and, and really getting to the quarterback because he – he made that off or that defensive line, in my opinion. I think you know Luketta did a great job. Don't get me wrong, but Evie Ketty made that line. He disrupted it a lot of times, getting those guys funneled down in the middle of the uh, middle of the field uh, from the outside. And I think that disrupted a lot of the running game for the opponents too. And when you have to defend and, and game plan against that, I mean that it, that's just a bad situation going on. Um, and and he did a great job. It, you know he burst onto the scene like I said. Really didn't expect much of him. And and here here we are. Um, it, it's one of those situations is, hey, this guy comes, tr- transfer portal, and and voila. And I think that's huge for the Indian Lions. I think that's very, very important, you know, to have that type of success and prove that they can go out and, and do that. Now, another guy that I thought had a great, uh, okay season, maybe not great, is Brandon Smith. Brandon Smith, I'll never forget, first uh, freshman year. He was a true freshman. I forget which game it was, but I was on the sidelines with five minutes left, typically, uh, media personnel are allowed to go on the field and watch the game. Well, Brandon Smith gets some playing time, and this is a freshman season, and all you hear is just this, whoa, this hit, and it was just a bone-chilling hit, and, and the dude can lay the boomstick. The dude can hit. You know, I, I don't think that he had the Penn State career that he really wanted to or that, that people wanted him to have as a, as a former five-star, but again, like Corey and I have talked about multiple times on this podcast, once you get to campus, the rankings don't matter. You just have to live up to those expectations. And and that's not easy to do by any means. Um, but I thought he did okay for, for the Nittany Lions in his career. Um, again, you know, I'm excited to see where he tests because that's going to help get him from a second, third round pick to, I think, a definite second round pick. Now, Again, I think Brisker is a, is a first round, late late first round, early second round. Jahan Dotson, definite first round. Castro Fields, I think, is going to be three three or four. Uh, Ebiketti, I think, could be late first round, mid first round, um, at the very least, beginning of the second. Um, Luketta, depending on how he tests, uh, I think this is guy is going to be like Odafe Owe, who really didn't light it up statistically, but man, the athleticism is there and everything that he needs is there so that he's able to kind of produce. And, and you saw the type of season that OA had this year. He was a monster for the Ravens. He didn't light the world on fire at Penn State his senior year. He did not register a single sack. So I think Luketa is kind of in that mold. I don't think he's typed the freak athlete that, that, that Odafe Owe was. Um, but at the end of the day, man, you know, you just got to go out and perform. I think I think the combine is going to help him with that. Jordan Stout, Penn State asked him to do it do too much, I thought, uh, from field goals to kickoffs to punts. The dude's got a, a thunder of a leg, and, and the dude can flat-out punt. He can kick. He can do it all. Once he's in the NFL, he's going to be spe- specialized. Now, you're not going to go out and get a big-time punter, but I think uh, – or punter early in the f- – early in the draft. I think you're going to get him later in the draft if he even gets drafted. But the fact that he's been invited to the combine, he's had a big senior bowl, um, big time season as far as punting goes. And that's not necessarily a great, ind- uh, it's not a great indicator of how good the offense was. Um, but again, Virginia tech did not have a scholarship for this kid. No idea how that happened. Uh, that's still one of the world's greatest mysteries, but at the end of the day, he came to Penn State, had a lot of success. Now he's going to the scouting combine as a punter. 
I think that's awesome for him, awesome for the program and their special teams unit, which really hasn't been great over the course of the last few years. Though now you've got Robbie Gold still in the league, uh, Sam Ficken still kicking around, um, and then Blake Gillikin as well. Uh, so, you know, special teams has not always been Penn State's strong suit, but they're still having moderate success in getting guys to the league um, in that area. Now, a guy that was a fir- like a very good first-round pick, um, or was supposed to be a first-round pick, uh, was Rasheed Walker. Uh, Rasheed Walker did not have the greatest uh, of seasons. The offensive line didn't uh, have a great season by any means. And I think that's really, it's not necessarily Walker, but again, it was just, one of those situations where, hey, it, 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 he's the product of a bad situation. He was on his uh, on on the third different, uh, fifth different offensive coordinator, uh, it seemed, and it, just the different schemes and, and different everything. And you know, Trout Wine comes in, and, and they're not really not able to get hands on until later. Um, and hey, listen, you you can make excuses all you want, but at the same time, you got to go out and execute and. I'm interested to see how he tests. I think he'll test pretty well. I don't know where he's going to fall. I think he's going to fall late second, early third, um, to be perfectly honest. But again, you know, offensive tackles are a dime a dozen in the league. And could he end up playing on Sunday quite a bit? Yeah, it's it's crazy because you look at the Penn State offensive line in the history under Matt Limegrover and even under Phil Troutwine to an extent. It's not had a lot of success, and, and Herb Hand, even before that, they've not had a lot of success at Penn State. You look at Christian Hackenberg. He spent more time on his backside than he did upright. Um, you know, Trace McSorley was one tough kid, but he was able to withstand and, and withstand uh, and, and get through, you know, not the, not the greatest in line play. Saquon Barkley was hit one, two, three yards in the backfield more often than not, but those guys are, are in the league. They got Stephen, um, they got Donovan Jones. Or Donovan Smith, I should say. They've got Connor McGovern in the league, Ryan Bates, uh, guys like that that are are that you know Will Fries. Those guys are in the league um, and deservedly so. But at the same time, they weren't always the greatest at Penn State. So that development is there. Maybe they have them out of position to an extent. Maybe they don't. But at the end of the day, they're getting guys to the league, just like. Really, every position they've got it at running back, receiver, at tight end, um, linebacker, Micah Parsons, incredible season. Um, Nick Scott, Grant Haley, both in the league winning a Super Bowl. You know, the Penn State players are being developed. They're getting to the NFL, which is their goal, and Penn State's pumping those guys out. They've had a very, very successful string um, of talent coming through and developing that talent to play on Sundays. You got to obviously get the results on Saturdays first. But when we come back here in the second segment uh, of the We Are podcast, I'm going to break down the wide receiver route, who's really actually found some consistency under uh, wide receivers coach Taylor Stubblefield. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Welcome back to the We Are Podcast and DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Jared Pugar. We're going to talk about the receivers. The wide receivers have had a really a lot of consistency since Taylor's Doublefields come on board. Uh, they had David Corley before that and Josh Gaddis, and they're just really, it seemed like there was a revolving door um, at the receiver and coaching position. And, and you need stability. You need stability to grow any room, any position group um, from the head coach down to the quarterbacks, down to the linemen, special teams, whatever. You need that type of stability to really have success. And, and Penn State has had success at wide receiver. You know, they had Deshaun Hamilton, they've got Chris Godwin in the NFL, KJ Hamler. Uh, they're about to have Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson had an ex- excellent career at Penn State his last two years. You know, that's the type of stability that you need. Next in line for Penn State is, in my opinion, Parker Washington. Parker Washington's going to be a three-year starter going into his essentially his true sophomore season because of that extra COVID year, uh, good, bad, or indifferent. So, you know, he is a, a, listed as a true sophomore, but he's going to be a three-year starter. That means something. Same thing with Keandre Lambert-Smith. Keandre Lambert-Smith is essentially a three-year starter as at wide receiver. He is in the same boat, and that is huge when it comes to, to playing time and experience. They've got Sean Clifford. Sean Clifford's been around a while. Uh, so, you know, that chemistry is there. Now they have some true freshmen coming in that, you know, I think are going to push for some playing time as far as uh, the quarterbacks go. I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily going to happen, but they're going to push on Clifford, hopefully to be better. But, you know, behind P- uh, Parker Washington and Keandre Lambert-Smith, who were the number two and number three receivers behind Jahan Dotson in the last two years, um, you know, I think Malik Mega is going to be is going to take that next step uh, at the wide receiver position. I think he's ready for the, for that, for that jump. Uh, I think that's going to be a a big jump for him, but I think that he can handle it. I think he's got, um, he's really got the most playing time uh, of the rest of the uh, receivers that are, that are returning. Um, You got a position change in in Mason stall moves from quarterback to receivers kind of saw the writing on the wall at quarterback. He wasn't um, a scholarship player there, but at the same time now, you know, now he might be able to push for some playing time. Definitely on special teams, they don't want quarterbacks to play there. Um, but I'm very interested to see. And I think a guy to, to really pay attention to is Mitchell Tinsley. Mitchell Tinsley comes from Western Kentucky. It's a guy they get out of the transfer portal. Uh, and Penn State, offensively, you know, they've done well uh, out of the transfer portal. I think that's going to be a, an interesting uh, frame of mind moving forward for them. See, get see the diamonds in the rough there in the portal and they really didn't hit it hard this this year i don't really think they had the opportunity to a, another guy caden saunders i think caden saunders is going to turn some heads the dude just lit it up his senior year uh in columbus ohio westerville south uh again this dude can flat out ball i think that he's going to be pushing mega pushing liam clifford for that for that third Wide receiver spot, he's definitely going to get in some empty set situations uh, with maybe some four or five wides, um, maybe some special teams action as a true freshman. But I think the kid can play. He's 5'10, 170. I think he's going to turn some heads this year. Uh, other than that, you know, Liam Clifford, I think, is a guy to watch out for. He's a redshirt freshman, 6'1, 200 pounds. We all know his brother, it's Sean. Uh, that, there's, so there's that chemistry there. Uh, I, I'm very interested to see how that goes, how that. Uh, how that's going to work out uh, again, you know, there's a lot to like about the receiver position. And, and I think the biggest thing, like I said, is, is the stability that Stubblefield has brought. Uh, Stubblefield's done a great job recruiting, helping to recruit uh, the offensive side of the football. Uh, 
you know, and, and that matters. That all matters, uh, in my opinion. And and I think that's, you know, when, when he's the recruiting coordinator on the offensive side of the football, you know, you expect him to do a good job, and he has um, since, he, since he's been there. You know, you know, year three for um, – for Stubblefield will be this year in 2022. And he's had Jahan Dotson. He's had Parker Washington his, his entire career at Penn State. And I think that's huge that because they really didn't happen like that. Um, you know, and, and Dotson came in and he had to fix sh- You know, he had a lot. He had some big shoes to fill. He had to fill KJ Hamler's who had to fill Deshaun Hamilton's. Who had to fill Chris Godwin's. You know, there has been a very significant line of success for Penn State since um, James Franklin took over at wide receiver at the wide receiver position, and even going back to uh, under uh, Bill O'Brien and and Allen Robinson, you know they've created that trickle down effect at Penn State where you want to go there. Their offense is going to light it up. They're going to throw for some some big time yards at RPO style offense, at spread type offense, and and it's working. And, and they put up some big time players in the league. Chris Goblin, one of the best receivers in the league, uh, unfortunately, heard it tore his knee apart uh, later in the season for the Buccaneers. He's got a Super Bowl ring. You know, it's again, it goes back to, hey, guess what? These guys are getting after it, and I think that's one of the, the one of the cool things too. You know, um, you look at. A lot of different things here. Um, and you look at some connections, and you, and you kind of draw some some conclusions here. But a guy that Stubblefield should be familiar with on that defensive staff is Manny Diaz, who he t- coached under at Miami. So there's some familiarity there that helps too. We talk about that consistency, that stability. Familiarity helps. These guys are you're coaching with these guys, and it's your livelihood. You're coaching 18 to 24 year old kids. Uh, and, and there's lives, there's money at stake, there's careers, there's livelihoods at stake. And that's huge. That's a lot of pressure to put on these players and on these coaches. Um, you know, in the NFL, it's a business, right? They go out and they control their own. Uh, really, if you're a defensive lineman, you got to go out and get yours. You really don't hear anything about the, the position coaches, unless the position coach isn't very good or, or is making names for outside of what he needs to do. And, you know, you, you look at guys like, Stubblefield, who's bounced around a little bit, comes came from Miami, and um, you know, again, he coached under uh, Manny Diaz there. Uh, I think that's huge. I think that again, familiarity. You guys are with, you're with these guys nine out of twelve months out of the year. You have to have that familiarity, that friendship, that that family atmosphere that James Franklin has had. I think that's huge, um, and it and it's paid off. You know, typically a lot of guys haven't been leaving for lateral positions. They've been going for head coaching positions like Ricky Ronnie, um, Tim Banks, Brent Pry, even. You know, and and I think that matters. It all matters, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. And and guess what? Now, you know, see what they got. And again, stability I think is huge. Um, and Stubblefield brings that. Uh, how long he is he going to be there? I'm not quite sure. I mean, this is the longest that he's been uh, somewhere. For, for quite some time, you know, uh, the last time he was there for more than two years, um, you know, there really isn't anywhere that he has, has been for, for two or two or more years, to be honest with you. I'm looking at it. 2007 central Washington, 2008, different school, 2009 and 10, Illinois state, 2014, 15. He was at Utah, uh, 2017, 18 air force. So this is the longest he's been in one position. So there's some happiness. There's some familiarity, hopefully, um, as well. He's wide receivers, offensive recruiting coordinator. Um, again, 
Stability is huge, and I think that's what's going to matter the most for Penn State moving forward, wide receiver. You've got Parker Washington. You've got Keontae Lambert-Smith. And Malik Mega, I think, they make, they make a formidable three t- three top wide receiver combination um, for in the Big Ten. I think that's huge moving forward. So how they perform? That's going to depend on Sean Clifford, and it's going to depend on the offensive line getting that ball out quickly. Parker uh, Parker Washington showed in the bowl game he can play. The kid can ball. He's I think he's going to thrive in the number one uh, receiver spot, just like Jahan Dotson did two years ago. Uh, or I'm, and I think that's that's important. You know, you just have that that line of succession, and I think that's exactly where Penn State is. And as they move forward and and continue and, and try to get to where their goals want to take them, that's important. Uh, that line of succession, because there ha- there wasn't a big drop-off from K.J. Hamler to Jahan Dotson. I don't expect there to be a very big drop-off from Jahan Dotson to Parker Washington. So it'll be interesting to see how that happens. Like I said, I- I'm excited to see Malik Mega get some action. I'm excited to see Liam Clifford. I think that Liam Clifford will get some time. Um, and I- the guy that I would watch out for um, also is is a guy... You know, Keandre Lambert Smith. He's I think he's gonna fly a pseudo under the radar. Um, is a number two guy and and I think he's gonna be the he's again, another three year starter. But he's also gonna fly under the radar because Washington's gonna get a lot of a lot of coverages, a lot of attention. Um, a guy that you gotta work worry about is is Keandre Lambert Smith. A sophomore slump, I think he had um really this year. Um, but again, I think he's gonna be okay. And another guy I would watch out for Two guys, actually, Caden Saunders, a freshman, and Mitchell Tinsley, the senior transfer from Western Kentucky. So, I to me, they have some, they have a good two deep at wide receiver as of right now. Now, again, this is on paper. Will that happen? Hey, who knows? But at the same time, I think Penn State in the wide receivers room should be very happy with where they're at, both in the stability of the coach, but also the depth at the position as a whole. But that's all we've got for the We Are podcast. This week on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Corb will be back again next week uh, right here on this podcast, on this station. Please rate, review, subscribe, whatever you got to do. We appreciate you listening, and thank you for taking the time out of your week to listen to the We Are Podcast, DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. 